0: Hey, good morning, Crestview family. How is everybody today? All oh, that. Are y'all still asleep? Let's try it again. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. All right, glad to have you here today. Thank you for choosing to come worship with us at Crestview Baptist Church. Um, just a few announcements for you before we get started. Um, if you grabbed a bulletin on the way in, you'll see we got some things coming up, like our ladies' tea coming up at the end of April. Um we got our breakfast coming up again. Yeah, I know it'll be it'll be that first Saturday in March before we know it. Um after church today, uh Whitey asked if the Baptist men can meet up front uh after the business meeting, yes. Uh about some projects I'm assuming going on. And um just uh I'd sent a message out to all my parents, but uh, just a reminder: if you're in if your kids in the youth uh, Wednesday night, uh, there'll be somebody here, and we're going to work on a CPR. We're going to do a CPR certification for 13 and up in the youth. That way, um, when they help out in children's church and things like that, they're CPR certified. And, uh, hey, we got—we are top-notch, we'll be top-notch safety certified for children's church. I like it. Um, and it's, uh, if you want the certification, it's $15 a piece. Don't let that stop you. We'll work it out. If uh, you want to come and be certified and um, you're not able to come up with that, we'll work it out. Um, I don't really have any more announcements at this time. I'm just going to turn it over to Preacher Artie, and he's going to uh, lead us in prayer. And I just invite you to let's leave the stress of the world
1: behind. Let's focus on God this morning. Good morning. I hope everyone's doing well. Thank you for being here. Today, and um, you know, it's, it's been a different type of, uh, of week, usually the week after Easter and the week after Christmas, it's a little bit different, um, but we're ready to get going and get back to our regular schedule, And but we're still here to celebrate the fact that Jesus rose from the dead. That he is still alive and he is still working. And that's why we're here. That's why we've gathered together. So at this time, if you would join me in prayer as we begin our time of worship together. Our blessed Heavenly Father. Dear Lord Chad's already said that we set aside the cares of this world just for this short time. And do Lord, I ask that your Holy Spirit fills this place. That you do guard our minds, you guard our hearts, so that just for the short hour that we can fully concentrate on worshiping you, our risen Savior. Do Lord, I know there's a lot of things going on. There's a lot of sickness, a lot of procedures, a lot of fear over health concerns. And dear Lord, we even have a business meeting today that we'll be talking about the business of the church. But dear Lord, I do pray that, that you just take that all from our minds so that we can fully concentrate on you. Because you, Lord, are, you alone are worthy of our praise. You alone are worthy of the glory. You are lo- alone are worthy of our faith. Dear Lord, speak to us today. Speak through the choir and Sandra as they lead us in worship. Dear Lord, be with Chad as he speaks to the children and works with them that he may be able to speak truth into their lives. Dear Lord, be with me as I bring your message this morning that you will speak through me and that you will hide me behind this sacred desk. Dear Lord, because it's not about us. It's not about who's standing on this stage or on this platform. Dear Lord, it's all about you. And dear Lord, as we begin this time to worship, may you receive all the honor, glory, and praise. Have your way with us today. And it's in the holy and precious name of Jesus Christ, our Savior, we pray. Amen. Amen.
2: We have come to worship our risen Savior and Lord. And we have this good news to spread to so many people. And at this time of year, our church is involved in a special (coughs) offering called Annie Armstrong. All the money that goes to Annie Armstrong helps to support the missionaries here in the United States and Canada. So our goal is $2,000 We're almost there. We are so close. So this morning is our last Sunday to give to this uh, special offering where we can spread this wonderful news about Jesus. So as we are singing our first hymn, Blessed Redeemer, we have a basket right at the foot of the cross. If you would just come up from your seats and just drop your offering in that basket then next sunday we'll let you know if we reached our goal so after our song then we will have our time of giving of our regular gifts and tithes and offerings so would you stand as we sing 149 blessed redeemer as soon as the music starts and if you want to give just come on up (laughs) Oh. <laughs> Let us pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for the blessings you have given us, and I pray now that you'll take these gifts, tithes, and offerings, that you will bless it and bless the giver. For it is your holy name that we pray. Amen. Again, would you stand as we sing our hymn of praise, 151, The Way of the Cross Leads Home. Would you stand?
0: My kiddos to come forward this morning. (laughs) You were. How's it going, everybody? Good, good girl. Oh, mom's birthday today. That's exciting. I got a question. Has anybody ever told you something and you're like, "I don't believe that. That can't be true." Has it ever happened? Well, somebody want to share it with me? No? What's something that somebody told you and you're like, that's not true, there's no way. Those was monsters. Well, that probably wasn't, that wasn't true for sure, but like, so there's a, I want to share, there's a, there's a, it used to be a book, but now he's got museums, and there was a TV show. It's called Rick, believe it or not. You guys ever heard of that before? So, the, in there, there are some things that are really hard to believe. Like, for once, now you're not going to believe this, but there's, there's a guy named James Cook, and he once had a chicken that laid perfectly square eggs. It was It's true. I, You know, I didn't see the chicken, but this is in a book of facts. All right, who? Hold on, hold on. you tell. Who can hula hoop? Anybody hear hula hoop? Alright. Do you think you can hula hoop with 68 hula hoops at one time? You think you can do that? Well, that. That's a lot of hula hoops. Preacher already could you hula hoop with 68 hula hoops at one time? Alright. Who likes hot dogs? Anybody like hot dogs? Hot dogs are good. Have you ever had one of those, those foot long hot dogs with the. It's like like 12 inches long, and it's just really good. Did you know the longest hot dog in the world is 3,000 feet long, and it weighed 885 pounds. It took 103 butchers to carry it. These are just some silly facts, but these things actually happen, and they're kind of hard to believe, right? Maybe when we get out of the children's church, I can look some of these things up, and we can see pictures of them. But! I want to share with you today about a story about a guy named Thomas who heard some unbelievable news. And he was like, I don't believe it. I wasn't there. I didn't see it. I'm not going to believe it until I see it myself. So, you know, last week was Easter, right? We celebrated Jesus (laughs) raising from the dead. Well, well, Jesus' disciples, some of them, were in a room together, and Jesus showed up. Well, guess what? Thomas wasn't there. I always wondered where Thomas was when he happened. where do you think Thomas was? What well, did he have more important than meeting with his buddies after Jesus had passed? away? Well, I always wondered that. Well, that's true. Well, Thomas wasn't there. And Jesus appeared to his disciples. Well, when, his, when the rest of the disciples saw Thomas, they're like, guess what, Thomas? We saw Jesus. And he's like, Nuh-uh, no, no, you didn't. And they're like, yes, we did. And he's like, I'm not going to believe it until I can see Jesus myself. And I want to be able to put my my hand and my fingers, I want to be able to touch the nail wounds on Jesus and the wound on his side. I'm not going to believe it until then. And you know what, this guy, because he didn't believe, his name was Thomas, but his his. Flaw stuck with him. We're still talking about his one flaw that we read about in the Bible, two thousand something years. Yeah, two thousand something years later, we call him Doubting Thomas. Man, a nickname. I've had a nickname that sticks, but I don't know about a nickname people are going to still be talking about two thousand years. Well, this guy, he because he didn't believe, he's Doubting Thomas. He will forever be known as Doubting Thomas, even though one week later. He was with his group of believers again. And Jesus showed up once again. And guess what? He was there this time, and he said, let me see. I want to see it. And so he stuck his hands in Jesus' wounds on his his hands, and he touched the wound on his side, and he said, you know what? I believe it. I'm so thankful that you're here. Well, Jesus said, you are blessed because you believed and you saw he said, but blessed are those who believe and didn't see. And I don't know about Preacher Hardy or Miss Sandra, but I have never, we talked about this in Sunday school, I, I have never got to see Jesus face-to-face in the physical body. I've never got to see Jesus as a man standing in front of him. I saw the work he does, and I read about him, and I've heard about it, and I know he's real, but I've never got to see him face-to-face. And one day... When I'm in heaven, I'll get to see Jesus. But until then, I'm believing because I've heard the good news that Jesus is alive. And I want to encourage you guys not to doubt it. Don't doubt who Jesus is just because you haven't seen him. I want to encourage you to believe, okay? We're going to talk about this a little bit more when we get to church and I must like to find some of those pictures of some of those things that are hard to believe, like that 3,000 to 3,000 foot hot dog or those square eggs. I don't, I'm going to see that one myself. Let's bow our heads, and we're going to sit right here on the front row, okay? Dearly Father, thank you so much for today. Thank you for each one of these guys and girls that are up here. Lord, help us to be believing, even when times when we don't get to see. Help us to be believing in who Jesus is. We're so grateful. For his death and resurrection on the cross, we're so excited about getting to see him again one day. All this I ask you, to your son Jesus Christ, amen. Listen here right here, guys, in the
3: front row.
1: Thank you, choir. I love that song, but it messes me up every time because they get to that one spot at the end and I think it's over and I want to start clapping and then they start singing again. But it is is—it is the truth. He is alive. You know, there's a lot of different theories and things going around about the resurrection of Christ. And we're not going to talk about those today to to get into detail, but there's a lot of things, and a lot of them have been disproven. I mean, there's the, the, the misplaced body theory where in their grief, they went to the wrong tomb. Well, we know whose tomb it was He put in, who put Him there, Everybody in Jerusalem knew where he was buried. So how in the world could they go to the wrong tomb? The wrong garden, the wrong tomb. Especially since there was Roman soldiers guarding the tomb. So we know that's, a, that's an impossibility. There is the... the Mistaken death that he, he swained, or the swoon theory that he, was just, he just passed out, but he wasn't really dead. Well, the last time I checked, any time you have a spear shoved up into your chest cavity and your lungs and your heart are punctured by the spear, that's pretty much immediate death. Especially when water and blood comes out. That means it pierced the sack around his heart. Not to mention all the blood loss from everything that he had been going through up until then. So that theory is is proven impossible. There is a theory that the disciples stole the body and took it. I don't know about you, but all of the disciples, except for one, even Paul, all gave their life because they believed that Jesus rose from the dead. He appeared to all the disciples. He made an appearance after His resurrection to over 500 people. I don't know about you. But if that was the case, we still would not be meeting, worshiping Him as our risen Savior 2,000 years later. If that was the case. So why is it important that we believe in the resurrection? Why is it so important that we believe that Jesus bodily resurrected... Not just in spirit, but He bodily resurrected. Why why is that so important to us? But we're going to look at that today. So if you will turn to John chapter 11, this is where we're going to jump off at. John chapter 11, verses 25 and 26. And if you will stand in the honor of the reading of God's Word as I read this, this focal passage today. John 11, this is where Jesus... Is, is talking to Martha, the, the sister of Lazarus. Lazarus has died. His friend had died. And he is there talking to Martha. And if you remember the story, it's three days after he died, by the time he got there, and, and he goes and tells them to open the tomb. And she says, but God, surely He stinketh. I love the King James on that. I mean, I absolutely love it. That is so funny. He stinks by now. He's been in there too long. And He he tells her this. He says in verse 25, Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in Me shall live even if he dies. And everyone who lives and believes in Me shall never die. Then He asked, this very important question. Do you believe this? Do you believe this? Let's pray. The Lord, thank You for what we see recorded here that Jesus said to Martha. Help us to understand the importance of the resurrection in our lives. And help us to believe it even more strongly. It's in the holy and precious name of Jesus, our risen Savior. We pray. Amen. So why is it essential, or why is it important, for us to believe in the bodily resurrection of Jesus? First reason. Because if Jesus did not rise again, Our faith is useless. You guys understand what I'm saying? If Jesus didn't rise again bodily on the third day, us being here is a waste of an hour in our day. We are basically believing a lie if that's the case. That's not just me saying this. This is directly from the Bible. Look at 1 Corinthians 15. 14. This is Paul writing this. The Apostle Paul. The one responsible for writing the the majority of the New Testament. The one whose conversion from a hater of Christianity. Anything to do with Christ the one who met Jesus face to face on the road to Damascus as he was going to hunt down and imprison those who followed Christ, but became one of the greatest preachers ever known on this earth. The one who took the Gospel all over the known world at that time. Who gave up his life because of his belief in a resurrected Jesus. He wrote this word, and if Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is in vain, and faith also is in vain. What that word there is basically just foolishness. Our faith is foolishness, it's useless, it's not good for anything. If Jesus didn't rise from the dead, then what he is preaching, the gospel of Jesus Christ, is pointless. It's useless. That's the first thing that we have to understand is that the, re- the bodily resurrection G- of Jesus Christ is one of the cornerstones of the Christian faith. It is what we believe. It is what we hold to. It is the foundation. Because if Jesus didn't rise again, then He's just another good man that died for a cause. And it ends there. But see, my Jesus, He didn't stay dead. Because He was the one and only beloved Son of God. And on that third day, the morning of that third day, God said, enough's enough. Arise, my love. It's time. And Jesus got up and walked out. That is what I hold to. That is what gives me hope. That is what gives me strength. That is what gives me courage. And The second thing, the second reason it's important is because belief in the bodily resurrection allows us to understand certain truths about our salvation and the Christian life. For instance, the most important thing our sins are forgiven and our salvation is sealed. There is no questions. Romans 10, 9-10 says this again. Paul writing this. He says that if you confess with your mouth Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. Or with the the heart a person believes resulting in righteousness and with the mouth he confesses resulting in salvation. Do you understand what he's saying here? He is saying that, which is popular today, that you can be, the belief is this, is that we can be a Christian without believing everything about Jesus. We can be a Christian without believing in the resurrection. We can believe, be a Christian without believing all this stuff. What Paul is literally saying here is that you must believe that Jesus died. You also must believe that Jesus rose again. It is, because, it is through the shedding of His blood that we have forgiveness of sin. He became the perfect sacrifice But the last time I looked in the Bible and read and even, you know, I don't do sacrifices, but I do barbecue and have even raised animals to put on the barbecue. And I recall a while back, we had a whole hog pig picking down at the creek, didn't we, Larry? Larry. Larry cooked them. I raised the pigs, got them about 75 pounds. Trey and I took care of them and got them cleaned and took them over to Larry. And Larry put them on the barbecue. Those pigs didn't get up and oink and run away, did they, when you put them on that barbecue? They stayed dead. When the Jews made sacrifices and they took that lamb and they killed that lamb and they put them on the altar... Those lambs did not jump up and run away when the fire hit them. They stayed dead. But the perfect Lamb of God, when His blood was shed and He died for the forgiveness of our sins, guess what? He did not stay dead. When the fire of hell hit Him and He took that sin away from us and He bore it on Himself and God said, Enough! Get up, and that sealed our salvation. When he walked out of that grave, that sealed it, and Satan was defeated forevermore. See, Satan—I told you last week—Satan was doing a little jig up there. He was doing that, you know. I think I said that—I uh, uh, can't even remember the dude's name, the football player from Cincinnati, the Iggy Shuffle—and he was—he was doing this. And Jesus is dead. Jesus is dead. God said, "Uh, not so fast. And Jesus got up. And Satan's jaw hit the floor. How? Because Satan is not God. Our salvation was sealed at that point. And there is no if, ands, or but, but to it. It doesn't matter if we believe it or not, God did it, and that settles it. End of story. It also is important because we we learn that physical death is not the end. That is the hope. Guys, I can't tell you how it feels to preach a funeral for somebody that you don't know and you don't know their spiritual condition. You don't know if they accepted Christ as their Savior. And you have to preach to comfort a family not knowing that how difficult it is. You know, I've always heard, live your life in such a way that the preacher doesn't have to lie at your funeral. It is so difficult. But I also know what it's like to preach a funeral that is a celebration because you know that the hope That comes in knowing Jesus Christ. The hope of resurrected body of Jesus Christ. That we do not have to to face death the same way. Knowing that when they close their eyes here, that they are greeted with open arms by their Savior saying, Welcome home, my child. Great job. That hope is unexplainable because death is not the end. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verses 54 through 57. It says this, but when the perishable will have been put or excuse me, but when the perishable will have put on the imperishable and this mortal will have put on immortality then will come about the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. We do not have to fear death. Guys, I'm going to tell you, I've experienced death. But knowing that my dad is getting closer and closer. That it's not if this happens, it's just a matter of when it happens. Knowing that it's going to happen. And I dreaded this day, but now that it's here, I'm telling you, I don't worry about it. I sat there and talked to my dad last time I was in Florida. I'm like, Dad, I can't explain it. I said, I am not tore up over this like I thought I'd be. I'm not worried about it like I thought I'd be. He says, Me neither. Because of the hope that we have in Jesus Christ. I don't want to break this to you, I don't want to hurt your feelings. But we're all going to die. We have no choice in the matter. The only way we're not going to die is if Jesus comes back and takes us before we die. But we are all going to die. The moment we're born, when the doctor slaps us on our rear end and we take that first breath, guess what happens to us? We start the process of dying. That very moment. But for us, that have put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ as our Savior and Lord because of His bodily resurrection, we do not have to fear death because it is not the end. It is the beginning of eternity with our Savior. It is when our salvation is made complete. It is when our body is made whole. I'm going to tell you, I told Ginger a long time ago I didn't care what she did with me when I died because it was no longer me, that she could bury me in the backyard with all the animals. I didn't care. Because the moment I close my eyes in death and I open my eyes in the presence of my Savior, I'm not going to need these things. I'm going to have a head full of hair. I'm going to look like I did when I was 19. I'm not going to have a fake knee. I'm not going to have any scars in my, on me. This thing right here, there's not going to be any more skin cancer. All these places are going to be gone because I will be made whole in Jesus. I'll be able to go play pickleball with you. I'll be able to do anything I want to do, but I'm not going to want to do anything else except sit there and sing to the top of my lungs. In perfect pitch. (laughs) Those of you that came to the revival, Mike, 30-something years old, 40-something years old, special needs, loves Jesus. And, And the last service, he sat with me. He wanted to sit with me. And he came back and sat with me And I'm gonna tell you, he told me if you went to one of those services, you could hear him singing. He always sat on the front row, except for the last one. He sat back in the back. You could hear him singing all over the entire church. He could and he admitted, I can't carry a tune in a bucket, but I love to sing. And he couldn't, he sang loud and slow. And he said to me when he goes, they told me not to sing so loud. And he said, I told them that the Bible told me to, sing with a, to, to praise God with a joyful noise. And he goes, that's what I'm doing. I'm making a joyful noise. And, and he said, well, they told me that that's fine, but you're keeping everybody else from being able to make a joyful noise. I told him, I said, who are you singing for? He said, I'm singing for Jesus. I said, then you sing as loud as you want to. Sorry, Sandra. And, and he did. And he loved it. But I'm going to tell you something. When Mike dies, and he get, opens his eyes in the presence of his Savior, he's going to be able to carry a tune. And he's going to sing to the top of his voice. Tara, I love her testimony. Tara shares, she, goes, she has never heard, she was deaf in the womb the first sound she is going to be able to hear is the voice of Jesus. Because death is not the end. It is just the beginning for us. It is the beginning of eternity with our Savior. And the other reason that belief in the bodily resurrection is important to help us understand is how we live Our life is important now because we have eternal perspective. See, when you have no hope, when you believe that when you die, that's it, there is nothing else, what you do now doesn't matter. But see, when we believe and we trust in the bodily resurrection of Jesus Christ and we accept Him as our Savior, our life, whether we believe or not, our life has an eternal perspective. See, what I do affects future generations. Generations. How I live affects eternity. You see, Paul again writes in Galatians 3, verses 1-4, through 4, Therefore, if you have been raised up with Christ, keep seeking the things above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on the things above, not on the things that are on earth, For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, is revealed, then you will be revealed with Him in glory. What we do now is important. Because we are ambassadors of Jesus Christ. And what, I'm telling you, Listen. During Sunday school, those of you that are in Sunday school clas- in the Sunday school classes, you don't get to hear what I hear. I sit in my office. I'm working up a sweat, guys, and my suspenders keep slipping down off my shoulders. When I'm in my office during Sunday school, I get to hear the sweetest voices ever. Miss Laura sits there in that, in that young children's Sunday school class and she is singing hymns, teaching them hymns and listening to them sing and then she explains things to them. And it is amazing. And what she is doing there is going to have impacts long after she's gone. the apostle paul he has been dead for over 1000 years and guess what we're still talking about him we're still being impacted by his life and the way he lived and what he taught it is not just This is not all we have. What we do and how we live our life has eternal implications because of the bodily resurrection of Jesus Christ. But Jesus ended His conversation with Martha by asking this question. Do you believe this? So I'm going to ask you the same question. Do you believe this? You see in 1 Peter chapter 1 verses 3 through 5. Peter writes this, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his great mercy has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to obtain an inheritance which is imperishable and undefiled and will not fade away, reserved in heaven for you who are protected by the power of God through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. A living hope through the resurrection of our lord jesus christ church there's a lot of things that get said a lot of new ideas and theories that are being pushed not only from the non Christian perspective. But sadly, there's a lot of false teachings being taught from pulpits all over the world that water down the Gospel that don't teach or preach that Jesus is the only way. I'm going to tell you this. And I know this from personal experience. Jesus is the only way. And I know my Redeemer lives. Because he is my hope, he is my rock, he is my foundation. And He is the one constant in my life. I am not the only one. Everyone that takes a breath. Your life is a series of unfortunate events. It's also a series of unfortunate events. And the most fortunate event that ever happened is the fact that Jesus loves you. And that He died for you. And He loved you so much that He didn't stay dead. He rose on the third day. And that is constant. My life is like this all the time. But the one anchor is Jesus Christ. He is always there. He is always making intercession for me. Because I mess up all the time. And He is always there saying, He's mine. He's mine. If you don't know that. And you can't answer Wholeheartedly, yes, when I say, Do you believe this? If you can't say yes, then I want to introduce you to Him. Don't leave this place today without being able to say, I know the risen Savior. This is your opportunity to respond to that leading of the Holy Spirit, whatever God is calling you to do. This is your opportunity to do it. If you need to accept Him as your Savior, I'd be more than happy to introduce you. If you need to just come and bow on your face before God, the altars are open. If God is asking you or telling you and leading you that you need to come and become part of our congregation, of our family, our our, our group of believers that are joined together here. Then come and join. Whatever it is God is asking you to do, don't leave this place without doing it.
2: Our hymn of invitation, 407, Because He Lives.
3: God send Savior lives. Because He lives, All I can face tomorrow.
1: We do have business meeting immediately following the service, so as we dis, as I ask Whitey to dismiss us, um, please stay if you're a member so that we can um, discuss some business of the church. But I want to say thank you for being here. Remember, we are back on regular schedule, so 7, 6.30, Wednesday night, Bible study. We're going to continue with Galatians here in the sanctuary. And then youth and children will be in the youth building at 6.30 Wednesday night. So thank you again for being here. And, Whitey, if you would dismiss us from our service.
0: Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you for this opportunity to give us to come into your house, Lord, and learn more about you as we heard the word of of what you sent in the scripture today, Lord. What we ask that you be with each person here today as we leave this church building, that you would be with us and keep us safe. And you would take this message that we heard today, and we spread the gospel throughout the world that everyone would know that you are truly the risen Savior. In Jesus Christ's name I pray. Amen.